Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we got a very, very special guest, Anthony Scott Burns. Welcome to the show, my friend, director, gosh, producer, visual artist, musical artist. You do it fucking all, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. This has been a long time coming. I'm uh, excited yes. to definitely have you on the show. This is absolutely like probably one of the most requested guests of our show. What? So, yeah, you a lot of people really want us to cover Come True first and foremost. Okay. And I'm excited. Th- the Nexus is like, all right, can you also get <laughs> Scott Burns on the show? Because we want to hear more about this movie. And I'm like, yeah, let's make that happen. <laughs> So no, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love talking, talking horror. <laughs> I, I mean, that's 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 a part of the biz, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm terrible at it. So, so that that little uh, I love talking horror was actually, uh, yeah, that was fear filled. I so, love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's all good. I mean, it. You know, horror is such a. It's a very interesting genre that we chose to love but at the same time like it's it's our genre it's our baby so like it's something that we're proud to talk about which is fucking cool um now it's interesting because like i have a very intriguing history of like finding out about your work and and kind of like i guess being a fan of yours um because i want to say it was probably 2000 and I just graduated college so maybe 2014 15 anyway I was searching on Netflix one night and I was just like what do I want to watch I really want to watch something different and something I've never seen before and this anthology popped up it was a TV series Darknet ah. and I was just like oh, okay this sounds interesting I didn't watch a trailer or anything first opening fucking insane absolutely fantastic and I was like okay this and uh, and first thing that popped in my head, I was like, "This must be Canadian because this is brutal as all hell." <laughs> <laughs> Just sad, yeah, sad and brutal mixed together. I yeah. was like, "This is totally up my alley for sure." And then it kind of kept going on and on and on, and and I think it, I think the episode that you ended up doing was maybe episode five. I want to say it was five or four. Yeah. Okay. I can't um, remember what and, the number. Yeah, I'm, I can't either, but I just remember. It being also just like a, a pretty much starting to weave everything together. And that was mm-hmm. the point when we started finding out that like, oh, all this shit's connected. Yeah. <laughs> They're hosting this on a server. Great. Um, but it's awesome. Like it was really cool. And I, I was hoping that this show definitely got picked up again uh, because it was we'll absolutely see. We'll see. fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to oh. go back and do some more. I'd love to go back. Oh, and my do God. Some more. Yeah. I would love for you to go back because it, it just that format came at such the appropriate time because it, it was very much like VHS and mm-hmm. um, things like that. Like it, it felt around that specter. And I feel like we tried to get something similar to that to like Terrifier where it was uh, with Art the Clown and, and mm-hmm. like it, it had that same brutality, I felt like. Um, but Darknet, wow. 
It, it just absolutely blew my mind, and oh, that's so when I came, became it, a man. fan of yours. Well, that's that, I, that's the first thing I worked on with Vincenzo Natale, who also even oh. come true. Um, yeah, we had met. Uh, he'd seen some of my work, and and uh, we went for coffee and just really hit it off. And that was sort of my probably my test for for whether people trusted me to do things. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> because uh, I'm someone who who doesn't shoot and make things in the traditional manner. Sure. Um, um, I like small crews and I like, you know, uh, a lot of time and energy put towards, uh, trying things, uh, not necessarily awesome. storyboarding every single moment of a film. And, uh, yeah. So, so that was the first time I worked with Vincenzo and it was so much fun. It was so much fun to do that. And I also got to do the score on, on my episode as well. So that was, uh, oh, that's rad. Yeah, equally as, as exciting for me to do my sort of first, you know, real, you know, official scoring of something yeah. uh, that was uh, story-based because I had mm-hmm. been, been working at MTV and doing a lot of animation and filming and, and music for in-between stuff. And that's sort of oh, where I got, that was, my, that was my film school for me because I didn't go to right. film school, couldn't afford film school. And I just worked myself up to the level where someone would hire me <laughs> to do that <laughs> stuff and, uh, on my own. And, uh, yeah, so I, I hadn't really been proven in a narrative, uh, space before. Wow. So they, they took a chance on me doing, doing uh, Darknet. So that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. What, what an absolutely incredible, like shot that they gave you. And, and I guess like after that, that's when you moved on to do like holidays, right? Like a segment in holidays. Well, I, I did a short, did, I did a short called Manifold, did a short. called Manifold and that got me representation. And that representation introduced me to a bunch of people who introduced me to um, uh, XYZ. Uh, mm-hmm. and XYZ were on board holidays and said, hey, we'd love to see what you can do. Again, it was another test. Uh, That's so cool. And, and yeah, and then I did holidays and, and uh, they uh, really let us do whatever we wanted. That's wow. Holy shit. So when you. You have definitely an, an array of different types of horror when it comes to it. like like it, it, you can't you can't really place your 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 finger on it, but like you can tell like like holy shit like this because my favorite segment in holidays is your segment, which was Father's Day, and I love that segment so much. Especially, I'm a huge fan of Jocelyn Donahue as well. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, she was so she's, great to work with absolutely incredible like she's super kind and just absolutely amazing on screen and i i've i've only had a chat with her maybe once but the chat i did have she was absolutely amazing super intelligent really really devotes to the character and uh down to to do it like we do it like again that was like a little five-person clue uh crew you know just running around in the uh, salton sea now, do you prefer that? Like, do you mainly prefer having like a pretty small crew for most of your films? Because I know Come True had a really small crew as well. Yeah, it was another five person crew on, on Come True. Uh, That's incredible. And yeah, I, I do. And, you know, it's weird. I, I've always preferred it. And only in hindsight did I realize there were a lot of directors that I really admired who worked the same way. And it just seems that oh, if you want control, you have to sort of figure out a way to make your movies. Um, as cheaply as you can. And, you know, unfortunately bodies cost money, (laughs) you know, and, and uh, listen, I would love the money to be able to have collaborators, but something like holidays, that was like a, I think we spent $14,000 on that. 
You know, like oh, like there's, wow. there's there's no budget, you know, especially and and Darknet was quite a low budget as well, and and so yeah. you're really trying to maximize what people get to experience at home, and unfortunately, that just means less of us doing more jobs. So right, right, it, it, but it does make it feel more impactful at the same time because like with, with these smaller budgets that you've have to deal with, like. You can obviously see how creative you are when it comes to the budget that you have laid out for yourself. Because the creativity is just absolutely mind-boggling on the type of situations that you've placed your your dollar into. And I admire that for sure. And and you've easily have, have kind of become a person that I, I always am telling people like, Dude, keep Anthony Scott Burns on your fucking radar, dude. Like, it's like, <laughs> he knows his shit. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird. I don't know that I know my shit. I just know what I like and, and, and I know what, what, what really excites me. Um, that's fair. And, and so, you know, oh, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Well, and, and when it comes to the type of horror, people always ask me, you know, what kind of horror do you do? And I don't really know. Uh, I sure. just know that I try to scare myself with the ideas. Um, and I also try to make them really, really personal ideas that might connect, um, with very few, but connect solidly and, and honestly. So that's That's where, that's where it always comes from is trying to really connect with people probably like myself who are scared of similar things. So that's beautiful. Oh man. Well said. Well said. Well, question that I do have for you is, uh, what kind of sparked your interest in horror to begin with? Were you just always a fan or is it something that you kind of gravitated towards later? Well, fan is a really interesting notion when it comes to horror, especially for <laughs> myself. I'm actually really, I can't handle gore or anything like that. I'm like a weird, uh, you know, that's so know. interesting. Darknet yeah. was so gory. <laughs> but not my episode, right? See, That's true. Yeah, your episode, episode wasn't. That, wasn't. that actually makes the, a lot of sense. Of, the things that scare me are the things that are within. And, and oh, fair so, enough. But, but so I became a fan probably pretty instantly because uh, when I was a kid, you know, you go to the video store and mm-hmm. the one aisle that really like jolted you the most was the horror, horror aisle because they really didn't shy away from covers and art that really – disturbed and especially as a youngster like it would just hit you like the cover for driller killer when i was a kid was oh my god like what am i seeing it's like your first introduction to even the notion of murder yeah um that's that's fair yeah um because you don't know about that stuff up until then you're seeing kids stuff and then you walk through a video store and you're you accidentally end up in the horror aisle and you're like what is this and covers the dentist oh yeah (laughs) And, and 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 those those things really I don't know. They, they stick with you in a way where it becomes almost addictive. That's wow. how I would say it is yeah. that I'm addicted to that feeling of being alive and the feeling that you get when you are jolted with an idea or, or a scare, it, it makes you feel alive in a way that a lot of the things we do in day to day life don't. <laughs> That's completely fair. It's, it's so, it's so intriguing how like, I feel like because when I talk to most horror fans, um, a lot of it, it is the same kind of answer where it's, uh, you know, I started young. And um, what what do you feel like made you kind of keep coming back? Was it because of that rush you were feeling uh, of feeling alive? And uh, was it or like even a, a better way to phrase this question? Mm-hmm. Um, what genre 
kept you coming back? What subgenre kept you coming back? Oh man. That's, I know that's, that's a hard question, but well, I, I, I can tell you that two movies I watched incessantly as a kid, um, Jaws, of course. Um, and Psycho 2. Oh. And Psycho 2 is the one that really made me stick around. Mm-hmm. And that's because, well, it's like, it's multi-layered. <laughs> My mother passed away when I was very young. And uh-huh. that obviously that has a lot of why Psycho 2 would really, really freak me out because this mother comes back right. and she's, you know, it's supposedly, I don't want to ruin the movie for anyone. It's a great sequel. You should go watch it. And Tom Holland is... Uh, is one of my fave people. Um, but, but there's, there's, there's an allure that I can't really put my finger on when it comes to things like psycho two, psycho three. Um, it seems like outsider art to me. That's the best way I can, I can say is that horror is, is a, is an, is a, an extension of outsider art and I've never been an insider all throughout my childhood, uh, I grew up with Asperger syndrome and, but I was undiagnosed. And so I was this sort of Mr. Spock. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, an oddball yeah. Mr. Spock who really liked things that were different. And, and I didn't find my click until I was in high school and it took a long time and it was a lot of fights and a lot of getting kicked out of high school, uh, at multiple high schools. Um, oh, and, and so Horror just was always the place where it felt like these are the these are the outsiders and and the outsider ideas are here and and right. I think I don't know maybe I'm wrong but it feels like that's still the case and and why we are all into it. <laughs> that honestly that that's a beautiful way to answer that because that is exactly how I even feel about horror. Like we we it, it's interesting because like I feel like now that we're kind of in this area of of uh knowing where the fandom is, knowing where the community is, and knowing knowing who to speak to about horror or cater to. Mm-hmm. Um it feels like it's so many of us, but at the same time it's 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 still very small. Like yes. we there's if we were to go to the Oscars or yeah. whatever and start talking about start talking about cycle two. Yes. Like like they, they wouldn't understand it as, as much as we do and, and they won't understand why we find it beautiful um as much as we do. And and that's why I feel like folks that are not really making films for the masses have just the most interesting shit. And well movies are hard to make. They're more hard, they're really, really right. hard to make. And so yeah. if you're making it for a small little group of people there's a lot of love infused in that medium. Right. And I think that's the other thing is when you talk to people all throughout the years who have made horror movies, they, they really speak about this love of the genre and, and, and you feel that in the film. So not only is it an outsider art, but it's one that's filled with personal reflection and personal oh. ideas and a lot of heart and soul that goes into it, even when it's a gory mess, you know, like it, those ones oftentimes are even more, you know, like fun on set, you know? So it's it's yeah it's a way to express yourself and uh, and and your ideas in a in a, in a yeah. wholehearted fashion. So it's not easy to make horror movies, and so therefore they have a lot of um, worth <laughs> in yeah. my mind. So 
No, that's 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 completely fair. Like I, and I know, and correct me if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I believe Come True was your your second full full feature, correct? Yes. Um, yes. With Our House being the first one, uh, screenplay by uh, Nathan Parker. Yes. Um, what what? This is more so a question for, towards Come True, but what 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 made you want to write? Because is Come True your first like major full feature writing project as well? Yes. Uh, What made me want to write? Well, how do I put this nicely? There aren't a lot of great scripts out there. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And and that coupled with the fact that I'm not very, and the really great ones are taken. That's, that's the the reality of the business is the really great ones get snapped up pretty quick. And I'm not very patient. I don't want to wait around to make movies. I just, I love doing it so much that I am going to, always want to be on set. And so the quickest way to get there is to take the ideas and and develop them yourself into something that you feel you can stand behind. But also come true needed to be personal because what happened with our house was, um, there was a lot of excitement after holidays and my, my other sort of, uh, shorts and, and episodes for what I, what I could do as a feature film director. And so I signed on to make a movie with the notion that, that it would be my film and stupidly. (laughs) And, and I, I, you know, I worked really hard, um, shot at myself and, 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 and put a lot of extra effort into the movie and made it like a passion project. But at the end of the day, it was financed with money that wasn't mine. And I learned a really hard lesson, which is, you know, it isn't my movie. And especially on my first outing. Um, and I wanted to make a movie that hadn't been, tried and tested yet um i don't know if you've ever seen watcher in the woods have you ever seen that film betty Mm. davis it was put out by disney yes yes. um it's it's something that got me early on and what was what i wanted to do was something like that where it was a movie that you as a lover of horror could sit and watch with your kids so i wanted to make the first first in a long time family-friendly horror film that didn't talk down to the horror fans and didn't talk down to the children either, but wasn't, you know, like it wasn't super scary, but it was scary enough and it was an emotional story and it, and it, and it dealt with real, real things, real emotions. And, and, uh, in the edit, it got changed (laughs) and, and, you know, the soundtrack was changed and, and a lot of things were changed and it's no one's fault except for probably my, my inexperience. Um, I thought that it would be the same as my shorts and my episodes and holidays and, and all the rest of the stuff I'd done, which was we'll let this guy go for a reasonable amount of money and do what he does. Um, sure. but that wasn't the case. And so the performances were so strong that people thought, you know, this could be a big movie. And so things were changed and, and reorganized and I quit. <laughs> That's fair. And, and, and so I left that project um, before I, you know, unfortunately I didn't even get to work with Mark Corvin. <laughs> oh. I know because he was hired on after I left and, and, and it was it, originally it was me and electric youth again doing the score. That's who was working right. on it. Right. Um, and you can actually get some of those tracks on a uh, vinyl called breathing by electric youth. A lot of oh. the music. Yeah. A lot of the oh, music that he did, and that was put out by Nicholas Winding Riffin, because um, it's beautiful music. And yeah, this is 
for anyone out there who has ideas about making movies, um, stick to your guns because one of the things that was said when we were, you know, delivering our music cues was what is all this synthesizer garbage? And this was pre stranger things. (laughs) Ah, sure. And and everyone was sort of like, what are you doing here? I don't know what you're, what you're up to with all this synthesizer music and look what happened. Right. So stick to your guys. Everyone's doing it. Even it's, it's also even in our uh, theme song. So we, we have a, a synth theme song for nightlight. So yeah, I, I'm, but there I'm was a time when people were like, what is this garbage? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm an avid listener of like lo-fi hip hop and um, synth pop and um, things like that. And and I've been for years, ever since ever since college mainly is when I really truly started getting into it. So it, it's it, – I, I thought it was pretty cool to see it like come back with Stranger Things and things like that being like uh, kind of like a, I guess back in popularity again. Um, and I would even argue that like Drive had – Drive, Drive um, was probably the, the beginning of it sort of resurfacing. Right. I remember I had a friend that I worked with at MTV and he saw Drive. He goes, they made your movie, man. They made your movie. <laughs> because I would – you know, like I'm, I'm someone who like was really into that music and making that music at the time. And so yeah. I really wanted to make a movie that had that vibe. And, and so we tried yeah. to, to beat, you know, we were, we were trying to, to beat Stranger Things. Cause I knew something like Stranger Things was coming. Like you could just feel it. Yeah. You and just so, you felt it coming. So I wanted to make something like that. An Amblin movie that you could take your kids to and really, you know, introduce them to the ideas of scares. And it's a, yeah. one day maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do a director's cut of uh, <laughs> our house. Well, that would be to. fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, because listen, the, the the actors and Thomas Mann and, and uh, his family members, you know, Percy Hines White. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kate Moyer, the, the kids in that movie, they were so good. They were so good. And it was so, so much good. fun working with them. Our house is, is a blast. I I, act, I actually very much enjoy Our House. Um, well, I'm glad you did. But you can tell it's different. You know what I mean? It's not... Right. There's parts that, that, that are the same. Now that you're explaining it to me and, and, and the passion that you had behind it and not being the project, yes, you 100% can tell that, like, your direction wasn't completely there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can yeah. definitely tell that. Yeah. 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 It, and, Which is and unfortunate. It is unfortunate, but you know, like I said, it's my inexperience. And so I sort of, I pushed that into come true. And that's why this is the long answer for why I wrote come true. Um, yeah. I, I built the idea out with a friend, Daniel Weissenberger. And, um, he's a fellow who's helped me in the past, uh, just make sure I don't go too far off the rails. Cause I love to push ideas to, um, um, places that, uh, could be considered too far, <laughs> but but Fair. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like they're not even far <laughs> enough for me. Um, sure. Would you uh, ever write a book because of that? I, you know, I don't know that I have the discipline to be honest. I, I've explained that, that I'm, I'm very impatient. So I think even the discipline to write a screenplay is, is it's real hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's real hard. Real yeah. hard. I I'm I'm currently writing one myself, and I I have. Very little discipline three and pages a day. for it. Three pages a day. And, and, you know, three pages a day and you're done in no time. And three That's pages fair. a day isn't much. It's just you have to commit to those three pages a day. Right. right. And then you'll, and you'll be done and it might not be great the first time out, but you go back and edit it. And, but three pages a day is really the, the, the key. 
That makes sense. Yeah. yeah that, no matter uh, what. I'm no matter what. Like, there were times when I just did not want to do it, but I did it anyways. <laughs> but yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because I definitely haven't been doing something like that. It's it's more so been like like trying to knock out chunks in a no, certain period, no, and can't do it. I've been losing my mind with it where it's just like I I, I can't think of this story properly when I do it this way. <laughs> so it's well, it's interesting. And the three pages a day is great as well because it keeps your mind in the game. So the characters start to speak through you. And there's a really great That's moment, fair. you know, when you're writing that when the characters become themselves and they change the direction of the story. And you start right. to just listen to your instinct when you start to listen to your instinct whether you're you know making a movie or painting or whatever that's when it becomes the most exciting you know and that's that's what the three it does it for me the three pages a day gets me to a place where after a couple weeks the movie's writing itself and i'm just the conduit and that's the best that's the best place to be oh wow that's 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 beautiful um so when it comes to come true and how you kind of got your 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 enthusiasm to write that story. Um, I do want to go a, a bit deeper into some of those nightmare sequences of the shadow people and things like that. And I, and I semi recently, maybe a month or two ago, you, you said, uh, uh, come true is a great pairing with the empty man. I have yet to watch the empty man. Oh, you don't watch it. I, 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 people keep telling me to watch it, but I, I want to set it because empty man's kind of long, it's about two oh, hours. Yeah. Um, so I was just two and a half hours. It I, might th- even be I think you're right. Half. Yeah, I think yeah. it's two and a half. Um, because I want to watch it as a double feature with Come True. <laughs> so I, I I haven't set the time aside yet to do it. Um, and it's crazy because I've seen Come True. Gosh, oh man. Um, I think I I recently covered it for someone else's podcast, and uh, that I think that was my fifteenth time. Oh my god. True. Yeah. You, you know it as I well as fucking I fucking love that movie. <laughs> well, I so really, glad, really man. love that movie. Um and it's it's interesting because like when when I had it for when I had the opportunity to watch it uh, during Fantasia Festival, I think I watched it during Fantasia Festival probably six times before they took it away from me. <laughs> and uh and that was that was definitely rare for me. And and it was it, when I w- was coming up with the idea for um, making my top fifteen list. Um, I wasn't going to add any things that I saw early that no one had availability to, but I just had to add come true. And I, <laughs> well, I thanks, was just, man. yeah, I it, it, you actually made number one on my list, and well, I saw um, it. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was really really cool, and and people would literally text me after and and dm me and email me even after and i was like email email anthony like don't email me email anthony how much you love this movie like it's it's you know he should hear that not me but um it's it was cool because like I, i was able to get more people hyped up for it and just everything behind it just absolutely felt incredible for me like it was everything i wanted out of a movie and well like then we're great friends prince because i'll tell you (laughs) it's that's why that's how i make my movies personally anyways that's very it's very selfish is i'm trying to make a movie that i want to see in the theater i love it (laughs) like the experience i want in the theater is what i'm trying to create as best as i can on the budgets that we have um like what would i go in and see and be like oh this is interesting like I really, I, I started to miss 
feeling lost in a movie, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, some people hate it. I love it. Um, and it's really hard to make a movie now where, where you get lost in it because yeah. that is an experience that is, well, you know, if you're doing like focus groups, that, that experience gets edited out and like, past two you know like right because everyone's like how did you like the movie well i felt lost well let's change that (laughs) you know that's (laughs) that's what happens now that's how movies are made right yeah and 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 i think that's the beauty behind this movie right here is it it is mainly because you feel lost and then you feel like you're found and then you feel lost again and then because I know, I know for some people they, they they weren't fans of the ending, um, but like I had to I had to show this movie to my wife, and I tried like hell. She does not like horror films, and I was like, this one's not that bad, and this one's fucking rad. Like you, yeah, you like yeah. literally, it's all the shit you like with the three D um, uh, molecules, and then things just kind of moving and morphing around you, and things like that. I was like, it, it's that type of stuff. I'm telling you, you would very much enjoy it. As soon as the first shadow person dispersed in the in that dream world she was fucking glued she was on her computer at first and as soon as that happened she was like okay computer shut and she was into it and i I was like yes yes um and i know some people have their gripes with the ending of the film but i and I don't want to give the ending away because we we haven't covered come true on our podcast i can can say that that I understand the gripes. I 100% sure. understand the gripes with the ending as well. Um, but I will I say, love it. I well, love the I, I will say <laughs> that the ending was designed to make you feel like how you feel when you wake up. Yes. And, and okay. And, and, I'm and, glad I'm on the same page. Then. And because the confusion that, and, and the pacing there is all built to give you that exact feeling. And the feelings of this movie are why I made them. It's not the plot. It's not the, the, the you know, the little things. It's, it's about the feelings that you get from the movie. Yeah. And more, more to the point, I mean, I won't say what the ending is either, but the ending, I've said this on so many things. If you think that the whole movie was made a certain way and then all of a sudden I just hit my head on a wall... <laughs> And got really stupid and, and then, and, and when this is how it ends, you know, like <laughs> it's not that it's not that. And, and, and there's yeah. more to it, you know, there's, there's Definitely. a lot more to what's happening there than what is placed in front of you. And I think, unfortunately, um, I, I was watching something on, on a streaming service I won't name, uh, recently, and my wife looked at me and she said, this is like a children's storybook. And this is a, it was something that was for adults. I said, sure. well, this is the way stories are told now. It, yeah. You know, look, this is happening. This is happening. And it's very clear. It's very deliberate. And there Spoon is no fed. Yes. But to a level that it is like a children's book. Right. Um, and if you get used to that, then this movie feels like I'm an idiot and don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, like, because I'm not saying any of those, those things and we're not, right. saying, you know, we're not placing any of that information in the viewer's hands. And so I, I completely, I don't, I don't get angry when someone doesn't like the ending or they don't get the ending or they think it's what it is. Like they think it's sure. at face value, what I've delivered, which like I said, I would be irritated too. Um, you know, 
first time I saw Mulholland Drive, I didn't know how to feel. And that's, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the feeling that you go back to. And that's why you want to rewatch is that feeling becomes the addictive quality, um, whether yeah. uh, it's a Lynch movie, a Cronenberg movie or whatever. That It's the feeling that I'm trying to create. Oh, wow. That's, that's absolutely incredible. And, and to me, you 100% evoked that feeling out of me, at least where I completely, okay. A story, a story time. Story time. <laughs> so I watched come true the first time. Um, I know the exact date of when I watched it. It was August 19th. You're going to get accused of being a super fanboy here. <laughs> I, I definitely might be, and I'm completely okay with that. Um, but it was August 19th, 2020. It was the first time I watched Come True. And I was in a hospital when oh. I watched Come True. Oh, my God. And <laughs> I was waiting for my wife to give birth. And it was during a downtime where she fell asleep. She was had the ability to fall asleep. And... Um, I was like, okay, cool. Now, now that she's down and relaxed, yeah. I'm, I'm do not some work. relaxed. I'll do some work. Yeah. So exactly. So I've, you know, I got one more movie that I need to watch for this festival to complete it all. And, uh, come true was the last one. That was the last one on my list. And I turned it on and I ended up watching it again that exact same night Oh man! because I was just like, I need, I need to understand more of this. I need to, to really put myself in Sarah's shoes. And when I, when I did that, which was on my second watch, that's when I was truly like understanding and, and getting glimpses of, of her being in the state that she's constantly in. And it's funny because I'm, I'm not a fan of, of, uh, it follows like, and, and that's been very, very uh, stated. That is, that is publicly stated it on Twitter and Uh-oh. on my show. You, you must get a lot of hate for that. I do. I do. A, a lot of people definitely, um, Take my my movie takes at at sometimes at, at a grain of with a grain of salt sometimes, but since I'm not a fan of it follows, I always told people when I talk about come true, I always say this is what I wanted it follows to be, like I, I wanted it to be a constant fever dream, and I didn't get that from it follows. I just got more upset not understanding where the. When was this taking place? And, and to me, you invoked the dream. You you one hundred percent evoked the dream of of uh, I don't know. It was just absolutely beautiful to me. And uh, it, it's a character that actually is my favorite character, and not much screen time. But it is the lady who is uh, blind, oh, and I yeah. who tells her that she she got her stuff taken by these by these boys, and yeah. I theorized like crazy about this woman like uh, <laughs> theorize like crazy and she is my absolute favorite character in this movie because to me I feel like for some reason and this is probably not even true but for me she has something to do with the binding of this world and it's just uh, I don't well, know well it's funny because a lot of people talk about how she says they stole your phone but right. she doesn't say that she doesn't say that. She doesn't say that. She says, no. the boys, they took something from you. Yes. And then she looks and, and manifests this idea that her phone has been taken. 
But right. she, the boys have taken something from you. And it, when the deleted scenes from Come True come out, which they will be coming out on the Raven Banner um, uh, Blu-ray. Uh, oh, I'm so glad we're getting a Blu-ray of this. <laughs> and, and there's ex, uh, some extra score that will be available on a CD that comes with it as well. Um, yes. Um, yes. But there's some deleted scenes. And, and I truly believe the movie is the best version of it. Uh, right now, but those deleted scenes will add some, some clarity to some of the situations that I think people have issue with and what's going on. Um, but you're not wrong. It's all, it's all part of, you know, it's all important. All of it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, that, that's so exciting. The boys boys took something from you is, is, is a statement, you know, it's, it's not about the phone. Right. Yeah. Uh, and see, I love that, that whole context. And, and that's how dreams are, man. That's how dreams work. Right. Yeah. Dreams, dreams aren't supposed to make sense. And that's, and that's what I, I love about this movie is where it's just like, cause to me, it, it, it makes sense when you place yourself inside someone's shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was, I was, I was trying to explain to certain people when they, when they first watched it, I was like, watch it again and genuinely watch Sarah. And her surroundings. Yes. Don't just watch the movie. Watch Sarah. Mm-hmm. And you'll truly start to then pick up on her mannerisms with her own surroundings. And it's genius. It's fucking yeah, genius. Yeah, Julia did an amazing job. She's really, really great. The whole oh, cast was awesome fantastic. to work with. Um, That's incredible to hear. That's really, really great to hear. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, well, you know, another big ins- inspiration for the movie was Alice in Wonderland. The Disney um, I film. love it. And if you see even some of the lighting cues, like uh, at the end of the film when they run, they they they've just found her phone, and they're in the middle of that that um, tunnel of woods, and the lighting yeah. there is exactly like I wanted to evoke the feelings of that, um, you know, when Alice is hanging out in the forest and stuff, just lit in this section where they're where they are, you know, um, oh, and that's, that's awesome. the same as in the nightmares as well. They're lit yeah. very much like the world of Alice in Wonderland. Which is just yeah. just what you see, and everything else trails off into darkness. Um, so fucking cool. And that that movie really, really gave me the creeps as a kid. Um, yeah. And it's the same sort of idea, without spoiling the ending. <laughs> you know, right, right. Uh, it, it it's the same sort of idea, and it 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 feels like a dream. And that's yeah. that's I mean that's what the movie's about. Right. So now I'm I'm intrigued off of. I can talk about this movie all day, obviously, but I'm very intrigued off of so many aspects of it. But I, 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 I do want us to have a conversation later. Uh, maybe we'll have you on the show again to where we actually cover the film. Because once we cover the film, we literally spoil everything in the film. But I, been... well, you, you know what? I wouldn't want to do that, and I'll tell you why. Is that I'd rather, oh, that's I, I, no, no, I respect that. You know, I'd love to talk about the movie like in full, but I never want to put my ideas of what's really going on onto people oh, I because that. I think the more personal it is, the better it's going to feel for people. And I think oh. taking what you want from it is more important than what I, what my ideas are. I respect that. That is, yeah, that, you know what? I respect that. Um, Cause like, I, I definitely want to talk spoilers for sure, but, <laughs> um, and it's more so just like, me gushing about the movie to be completely honest, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interesting 
just seeing how like everything kind of accumulated and, and the hues that you've provided in this film and, and um, everything just has its own personality. And I, I, I really enjoy that. And you can definitely see like where inspiration came from and things like that. Like George A. Romero himself with the glasses. I, I, I want to yeah. say I caught that, but well, well, well you know, <laughs> It's, yeah, it's hard not to catch those things, but you know, they're they're more than influences. They're a part of the dream, and that's the thing about dreams is that the things that, that is- you um, sort of project or see during the day they they end up here in your dreams. And I wanted to do sort of a cinematic equivalent to that, where you would have these little moments. And these aren't me going, "Look, it's a a movie I like." It's this movie is made of, or this movie's made of other movies. Like a dream is made of other wow. images. And right down to uh, early on in the film, there's a poster of Weekend at Bernie's on her wall. And everyone's like, what right. the hell? Why is it just takes me out of the movie? Well, later on in the film, she's essentially Bernie. <laughs> you know? Like, like <laughs> they're walking her around. Holy and, shit. And so they're, that's the, the idea for me was to try and encode it as much as a dream is encoded. Um, yeah. So that you... Maybe you don't pick up on it. You don't pick up on the Weekend at Bernie's thing, but you do. And subconscious things like that are way more fun and exciting um, to sort of plant um, than, yeah. God damn it, Anthony. You made a fucking masterpiece. Like, seriously, <laughs> thank you for well, bringing this movie to our lives. <laughs> I uh, I didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be humble here. I, I think the movie's really great, and, and I it's it's something that, that it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete expression uh, of what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. and, uh, but whether or not it's great, uh, you know, I, I just, I just want people to enjoy it and, and see it, um, and, and get what they get from it. You know? Yeah, definitely. So. It's, it, it literally is a piece of art. Like, you know, you, you all films are pieces of art, you know, like that's, you know, it's just right. whether you like the artist or not. Right. That's exactly. And that's the thing is that you obviously respond to my art and I love that. That's great. <laughs> that means what, you know, that is sort of the way I speak. And that's, that's what I learned yeah. when I was young is that with Asperger's, my loves are music and, and film and yeah. it's the way that I express myself best. And so that's what I got to do, you know? And it's so awesome when I meet someone like you, Prince, who really responds to the film because it means, you know, we're, we're thinking on things on the same level. And that's that's right. exciting to me is when you find other human beings who are responding to the same things, that means that you're not alone. And that's that's the horror. That's the horror community, right? We, we're all going, we're not alone. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, yeah so, absolutely. So that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really, really exciting to me. And that's, I that's think, awesome. probably one of the biggest reasons I, I like to make movies is that when you find people out there who enjoy them, you go, wow, I'm not alone in this. I, you know, because you watching that back to back is exactly like me watching Manhunter back to back. That's what, that's the first movie I ever watched back to back right, right after I finished it was Michael Mann's Manhunter. Awesome. And this movie is heavily influenced by that film. Right. Um, so how about that? You know, isn't that weird? Like you, it, it gets that's passed incredible. on, it gets passed <laughs> on and that's, that's that's exciting and that's art and that's why it's so fun. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely incredible. I, I, I think the only other movie that made me kind of go back to back on was Dr. Sleep. 
um, like oh, nice. literally where I watched it in theaters and the next day I watched it again. Like, <laughs> so, and I, I think I ended up even watching it about six times in theaters, but, um, I do want to ask you, then this is, this is more so kind of going back towards, uh, your, your personal, um, likes and things like that. But, um, what would you say is your favorite subgenre of horror or your favorite top movies or anything like that in horror? I know this is a very loaded question because it can be based off of how you feel, <laughs> but I'm curious. Well, you know, I don't know how to best describe my favorite subgenre because I don't think it's an official one. Um, hmm. <laughs> Well, because, you know, I, I, the same could be said if someone asked me about music. I'm not really mm. a technical um, aficionado or, or I, I, don't, I don't really know all the terminology as much as sure. I know the feelings that the certain films give me. But if I had to say, it would be that um, there's, for horror, there need the ones that I love and go back to repeatedly are sexual in nature. <laughs> and, and, and so you can, and you can say psycho two, do you know, psycho two, psycho sure. three, like, uh, Anthony Perkins has a sexual nature to his performances and a right. sensual aspect to everything he's doing that when you watch his films, you're going, Oh geez, like there's more here. There's, there's like stuff going on, you know, deep yeah. be- beneath the plot. And that's the kind of horror that I really respond to, um, is, is stuff that is, layered with like an unknown sexual energy. <laughs> I love it. And that, you, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's an official genre, but we all know it when we see it. Um, no, that makes total sense. And there are certain ones. And those are the ones that I think people go back to um, a yeah. lot because they're, 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 I mean, lost boys, you know, come on, man. Like that stuff is like, like <laughs> I mean, we got sexy saxophone, man, from that. Y- exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing is they confused us as, as youngsters in ways that we didn't even know we were being confused. <laughs> like, like, and, and that's, and that's the thing is that, that I find, uh, having us having sexual stuff merged with horror and, and sort of, I guess the best way to say it is horny horror. That's my favorite horror, <laughs> uh, where there's where there there are feelings bubbling throughout, and it isn't just about killing people. It's about oh. coming. It's always about uh, coming to terms with who you are, and that's the kind yeah. of horror that really you know. You can say the same for Sleepaway Camp. You know, that's very fair. You know these these are the movies I respond to, and I don't know why, uh, but I really. I love the exploration of horror in that realm in particular. Mm-hmm. And that's what I respond to. So is there a subgenre I don't know about? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, but I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Like, I, I guess the closest thing could that would be towards it would be exploitation. But some of those films are exploitive. It, it, it's very kind of you got to like, like the subtle the subtle yeah, you gotta aspect. see it subtly. Yeah, the yeah. subtle aspect where where they're like I said, cat people is another great one. Oh yeah! Wow. You know, they're, absolutely. They're, they're, I wouldn't even consider that, but yeah, totally. That makes total sense. And sexual, and they stimulate ideas about sexuality that that you didn't even know were possible. And you go, <laughs> "This is," and and that's that's to me like I don't know. There's there's a part of that horror that it's really emotional. And it's human. Right. It's human. It's like it's like drastically human. Don't look now is another one. You know. Yeah. Or high tension. High tension. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
I, that's uh, fair, to be that fair, so high sense. tension. I, I, I can't even get through these movies because they're so I, gory. I, yeah, you, you said gore, so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, see, I, I, I figured. I, I actually get physically ill when I see that's, gore that's too good. That's completely fair, and 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 I but think I think when that's it's too the good, I'm, too, I, right? Exactly, uh, you know. But but at the same time, I can, I can never enjoy it because that, <laughs> that's um, fair. I turn away in Reservoir Dogs when the police officer's getting his ear chopped oh, off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shit. I just, and that that's not even shown gore. It's just the right. idea of gore, and then the post. It's uh, I'm I'm real. Uh, lightweight when it comes to gore so it, it's tough for me to i, I want to see those films you know i've never seen uh maniac the original oh you haven't no because of that i mean it's brutal yeah because of I, I, people have told me like you're not gonna be able to stand this and then um yeah i'll never forget in fangoria when i was a kid there was a poster it was a behind the scenes <laughs> poster of the fury by brian de palma and I bet you Yo, people know yep. it. People know this photo. It's a it's a woman standing there, and it's like Cassavetti's blown up body all over the carpet. And I remember That's for it. years, I was horrified by that image, <laughs> just horrified. And you know, <laughs> saying this out loud, my next film is going to deal with gore because I need to face that within myself. Like I need, yes. I need to face the horror of of violence <laughs> because the, obviously <laughs> i'm so scared of it i don't even i don't even rent the films so i need to confront that fear and so um, oh, i man, will that's, that's gonna be awesome i i would love to definitely see you take on gore because you you've hinted at it especially in come true where i mean that that scene's pretty brutal but it, it's it's only it's only you know it's it's not showing us the flash Right, yeah, it's, it's like a, a flash, exactly, yeah. and, and it's it's just like it's enough. It, it's like you, you kind of, <laughs> that's fair. You get a breath of it, yeah, and and you're just like, oh, okay, like well, I, I completely understand that, what's happening, and here. that's one of the things. It's a personal thing where I'm afraid of exploiting. Do you know? I, I personally am afraid of exploiting, so I, I sort of toe the line of gore in a way where I don't know how much comfort I can take. But if I'm exploring my own fear, I'll I'll feel a lot more comfortable in in using that in ways where. Because I think I don't know that I would ever be able to portray gore as a fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is completely fair. I, it kind of it, it. Except I Evil Dead Two. The, Evil Dead Two. I can do that okay, all yeah. day and night. You know, that's like fair. that to me. Yeah. that's a fun. That's a fun. That's time wacky. Of the movies. Yeah, that's a fun time right. of the movies because yeah. it's never ever like a real thing. And so that's that's right. where I'm like, yeah, gore like that, I can totally do. Sam Raimi all all day. <laughs> again i didn't see the old ed remake because everyone's like you you can't do it can't yeah do no it don't do that don't do that there there's been a few gifts that i've even posted of of the evil dead remake where i'm just like i hope no one like Shuts flips their fucking shit like <laughs> like because it's been a couple of times where twitter has emailed me it's just like okay like you're you're towing the line yeah, yeah, they're like we we see this because some sometimes they go viral and you're just like slow it down, slow it down, friend. <laughs> so like they gave me a quota of, of oh of how many I, gross outs you can do per, yeah, per year. It, I could only do two a month. Oh, that's epic. Be, before that's my great. account gets banned or or like oh, for like a week or Same. two. So I, my well, account hasn't that gotten banned. Image, if you find it, <laughs> man, <laughs> I should. And it's probably so. If I go back to it, it's probably pretty tame. But it's one of those things that just stuck with me as a kid and, and yeah never made me want to see that film although that's, that's never well, in the I, film 
apparently. That, That's true. That shot it's, is it's, not in the yeah, film. Yeah, it's so. not in there. I know what shot you're talking about, but it definitely is not in the film. Um, and, and it's interesting because you, you say you, you, you do, you definitely like, like when sexuality is, is towed on, um, a bit in horror. And did you like Dress to Kill by Brian De Palma? Well, yes and no. You know, like, okay. like there's so much to like about it. Right. And, but because it same, leans and sometimes it yes. pulls away and it leans again. So I, I was very curious. Yeah. You know, it, it it's the, see, De Palma stuff is overtly sexual. And, right. you know, I actually, I'd love to point out that in Come True, we go down that road and then I swiftly put on the brakes. And that's part of the notion of, that we, that I wanted for that scene right. was that we're going to go down this hyper Hollywood cheese version of, of what sex is. And then we're going to yeah. slam on the brakes because it's a cinematic dream, but I, I'm right. not going to allow it to continue, <laughs> you know, in that realm. Yeah. Like it's so over it's, and that's the thing that I love about De Palma is that he's theatrical and that scene in yeah. come true is theatrical. And it's a huge nod to De Palma. Um, that's beautiful. But, but his stuff is overtly sexual. But what I'm talking about is the the undercurrents in movies sometimes. Right. Where you can't, you, you, like I said, Psycho 2 like, on the like, surface is not a sexual movie. Right. But when you're watching it, there are things, and especially Psycho 3. Psycho 3 is super sexual, but not Very again. Very true. But, but Psycho it, 3 is pretty horny. <laughs> yeah. But it, that's what the thing is that, so there's this, there's this thing that happens in, in those films where, and maybe it's because I watched many of them when I was a kid where it's like, you're, I don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, right. like, like yeah, I watched yeah, a lot yeah. of these films when I didn't even know what was happening. And so yeah. it encoded something just bizarre on me where that's the type of movie I like where it's, there's something bubbling underneath the surface. Whereas, you know, De Palma's yeah. going for the shots. They're like, they're bu- there's so many boobs and things in his films that, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the opening of Carrie, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not understated and it's not subtle and underneath the hood. But but right. listen, I do love De Palma's film. One of my favorite films of his is Body Double, just because mm. it, it's 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 so preposterous. It's it's yeah. it's like the the Sam Raimi equivalent. Like if you're starting going with Sam Raimi Gore, well, there's sexu- there's De Palma sexuality, and it's just as as over the top that you can't even take it seriously. Like <laughs> like there's so many things where you go, oh my god, um, but I still love it to death. I still yeah. love it to death. And so while so much of it is, is nonsensical, and I mean, that movie has a pervert theme. It has a theme yeah. where every time he feels perverse and it wants to look in, 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 in a telescope to look at, at a naked woman, the music starts to play. It's a pervert theme. Like, how wild is that? And, and how could you never get that made now? Maybe rightfully so. Uh, right. But... but <laughs> There, there, I still love it, even though it's bizarre. And I think, um, you know, you hear me getting excited because I am in that cinema doesn't always need to be right or on the side of yeah. right. And I think, right. you know, if someone's expressing themselves and they're kind of a pervert, like maybe I don't know Brian De Palma, but, you know, from right. his films, I might guess that he has some perversions. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I think... You know, letting him express that is you, you just have to know that it's 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 not reality. And his films in particular are so far from reality that it would be like I said, right. it'd be like saying Evil Dead 2 is a re- accurate representation of murder. <laughs> They're just as silly, you know, 
<laughs> but I love them both. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, That's so. incredible. <laughs> So I, I, it's it's great that you even you kind of answered a secondary question that I have here, which which is what is your fuck that horror um, movie or horror subgenre? You answered that. It's gore. gore. You answered that multiple no, times. No, no, actually, it, it, I think it's it's torture porn. Torture but, porn. Yeah, yeah. That that's my fuck that, that genre. Like makes because, that makes total or, sense. Or you know what my my fuck that genre of horror is? Uh, any movie where it feels like someone was put in a situation that was uncomfortable on set and did it. That's my fuck that oh, horror. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's my fuck that horror subgenre because you feel that's it sometimes, fair. and you see a movie, and you go, "Oh, I don't feel good watching this." Yeah, uh, I'm out. And you, that's how I feel when I watch The Exorcist. I was just like, all the shit that's happened in the film that is that has stayed. I'm just like, oh, that does not sit right to me. Um, and it's same thing goes for like when animals are involved. Oh yeah, like I, I just like, make them die slowly. Uh, is that the one? No. Yeah. That's the one where the turtle gets killed with the turtle. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, no, yeah, yeah. Like the, and even even when it's not even something like that, if it's something where it's like the thing, for example, when they're spraying the dogs, like those dogs are not having a good time, and you can obviously yes. see they're not having a good time. Yes, getting sprayed by yes. a hose. And for me, that scene is so hard to watch because it's just like fuck they're put in this such an uncomfortable situation where probably all they want to do now is just go the fuck home <laughs> like, and that's 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 the thing nobody's artistic vision is worth right. any sort of uh harm harm yes just it's not psychological worth it. physical yeah no we're telling stories here you know right we're we're not yeah so for me like i i skip that part all the time for in in the thing like i just i just i don't want to see it I, I just, I can't see it because the first thing that pops in my head is like, my dog hates water and I know and my I, dog hates water. And it's not water. It's, it's like KY jelly. Right. Yeah. talks about that scene, I think in one of the commentaries or behind the oh. scenes. And it's, so they're squirting KY with uh, probably some sort of, not a yeah. hose, but like one of those pumps, you know? Right. And so that, and even shit, that makes it even worse where yeah. they now have to bathe these dogs. <laughs> oh, let's not forget the, the, was it the tiger they painted black for Beastmaster? Oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. And I think it Jesus killed the tiger. I, I'm, I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we're going into dark territory here. You're right, we are. But like at the same time, like that. Yeah, but like, that's my, that my subgenre of movies I hate where I'm watching it and I feel like something was wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So so it goes there, yeah. and then torture. And, 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 and there's and, a lot and, of and exploitation <laughs> films that sort of fall into that category. Um, yeah, where you just know that on set it was gross. It was gross for right. some people. So yeah, and it's it's interesting you even say that because like I um I'm hosting this uh, scholar discussion. It's it's actually my first scholarly talk, I guess, on horror, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, and I'm just like, y'all sure you want me? Like. <laughs> Like, have you listened to my show? Um, but uh, so I'm doing this for this library in Ohio and um, it's not announced just yet. But uh, so I can't I can't give too much away on what, what the talk is going to be about. But um, I'm diving pretty deep into like black exploitation films. Um, and that's always been an area that's always sat really off with me. Um, just because of like how these films had to be made and, and, um, just the, t the type of blood, sweat and tears that were put into it were just so different. Yeah. 
And for me, like that's, that's just, that's, that's definitely going to be a personal thing for me, uh, kind of having to rewatch those again. And, and, um, cause like it's been years since I've like revisited like, like Blackula or Kaja and Hess or Sugar Hill and, and, and all of these films from the seventies and like Abby and all this stuff. So uh, it's, I, I'm intrigued to, to see how I feel now, uh, watching those with, with a different insight and with more of a, uh, uh, a study piece and, and like a, a case study, I guess. Um, so I'm intrigued yeah. by that, but yeah, that's it, always been an era that's been really tough for me. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's fucking like there's there's parts of it that are good and parts of it that are fucking terrible, right? <laughs> and that's, right, and that's, exactly. Yeah, it's like there you know, there's entertaining moments and then there's moments when you're watching those films and you just go, what? Like, yeah, you're just like, God damn it! Like, yeah, come like, on, so, really? No, honestly, honestly, yeah, <sighs> hard to watch, hard to watch, and it is. It's weird, you know. I'm. 40, I just turned 44. <laughs> and, and so I've seen a lot of like, happy belated. Well, thanks man. <laughs> you know, part of the DNA of come true was examining some of the things that I grew up watching in movies. Because yeah. again, like I said, it's like a dream built of cinema. And one of those things was, uh, the character of the stalker, um, being the protagonist and someone people didn't really second guess. And, you know, isn't it cute that he did that? Isn't it cute he showed up at right. her house with a ghetto blaster, even though it was, you know, she didn't really want it? Right. <laughs> you know? right. The, the things that are written into movies as I grew up where this was behavior that was okay. And it's it, media is is such a powerful thing for, you know, people like myself, maybe yourself too, that, you know, yeah. those ideas and things you see in movies, they, they really rub off. Sometimes in great ways, like one of my favorite things as a kid was Superman, you know, because he was such a good person, you know. Right. And uh, those are the good things that run off, rub off. And then, you know, like seeing movies like, you know, those exploitation movies where, where the behaviors are just, yeah, man, un, not good. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Yeah, that's, not good. Uh, that's the best yeah, way. Yeah, seriously. To, to, it's it's a hard a hard notion to definitely like put myself into um, and I can't I can't put myself into it and so yeah so it, that's it, fair it's for me it's just I feel fucking terrible <laughs> and <laughs> like yeah like it's just like oh fuck you know yeah. this is not what was wrong with us <laughs> you know what is right. wrong with people and, right. and that's that's the hardest thing to to sort of swallow is like what have, what's going on man yeah seriously fuck uh, have you seen and I guess this isn't technically out yet, but, um, well, it'll be out by the time this recording's it. But, um, have you seen, um, George, George A. Romero's The Amusement Park? I haven't. I haven't. So it's, it, I really want to see it. It's so good, so heartbreaking. And it's, you just, it just makes you feel like, mm, but those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, no. as soon as it started, because it starts with an explanation of the film. And once that explanation happens, it, cause it, it's kind of, and it's kind of interesting because it, it kind of teaches you how to watch the movie. Was it intended it to be there? It. I think so. Oh, okay. Because it, because the main actor is the person who actually oh. gives the, the explanation. Cause it's not really a warning. It's just like an explanation of just like, sh- like be empathetic in this, um, experience yeah, and be vulnerable in this experience. And when you 
honestly watch that with absolute complete vulnerability. It's heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking. Oh man. So heartbreaking. And you just don't know how to truly feel after it. And it's, it's something that is also a pretty haunting movie as well. Um, because it, it, it's technically about age. So I'll leave it at that. Cause I, okay, I do really, want you to, really to check to that one out. Romero's one of those, yeah. he's so, you know, stylistic. So good. Yeah. Stylistically people give him shit, but his ideas were always so, so, so good. Point. So good. So on point. But like so even, human. Like so human. Martin, oh, that's what so I mean. The ideas are human. And I think that's, yes. that's, that's the part that everyone still responds to is that they're just human. And that's right. You know, sometimes when you were that, you know, especially in show business, people don't want humans. They want superhumans. They want right. cool dudes. They want people who are, are above Jack being of all trades. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. above being human. You know, they're, they're that it's funny. I, I love where humanity is headed now. I think we're headed for a place where that shit doesn't exist anymore. And there isn't any yeah. cool and not cool. It's just you are, and fuck right. you, <laughs> and that's that mattress man. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> musical preferences, you know, where you you think about music and and you ask somebody, hey, what genre do you like? And it's just like that's a hard fucking question because I listen to fucking hip hop, lo fi, rap. I listen to post hardcore, emo. Like I, I listen to everything. Like it's, I don't know what genre I like. It's just I like music. I like music. So yeah, I like music that makes me feel a certain way. The end. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like I was listening to fucking in the in the shower today. I was listening to, to uh, movie scores and the the score for the show The Leftovers came on, and I, I was just like, wow, like that took me to another place. Like it, it it made me feel something that I haven't felt in a while, and it's it's that shit is beautiful. Yeah. Like that's, and I think that's, that's the why experience I, of being I like a human, movies. man. <laughs> Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like it, it's beautiful to feel that type of stuff, and it, it, it's fantastic. Uh, but last question that I have for you before uh, we conclude, this is the question that I ask all my guests. This is the main question of why this podcast even exists. Um, it's technically something that I took from Tal Zimmer's, Zimmerman, but why horror? Like, what is it about this genre that just constantly keeps having you come back and back? Well, we sort of talked about this earlier, but it really, yeah. to me, is the place where ideas, science fiction and horror are the places where we can explore the ideas that might make the planet a better place to live in <laughs> through, through you know, decapitations, et cetera. But the, <laughs> the ideas that, that, are, that are like, and it comes back to the whole outsider art thing, is that this is where people go to explore there's an exploratory aspect to horror uh, when it's done right. I mean, some people just do it because it makes money, right, <laughs> you know, and right. we, we who watch the films know the difference between those. And sometimes those are fun, um, yeah. but it's, it's in a place to sort of explore and entertain and have fun and, and create art that means something to people. So that's why. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself. And every time I ask that question, I love hearing everyone's answers because they're always so different. And it's, they're always really, really kind of encompassing the ultimate question of why horror? Like, why is it that, why the, why is this genre stood the tell of time so many times? And it's, it's 
beautiful. It's, enter- like, it's, it's entertaining, man. It's entertaining. Right? It's, it's entertainment. flat out entertaining. <laughs> like that's the reality. But but it's entertaining in a way where you're allowed to inject ideas. And yes. and people are excited by those ideas. And so it's like right. I said, it's like you're going on the moon. It's like you're it's, yeah. it, there's an exploration. Every time you go to the theater and you go to see a new horror movie, you're like, what are they going to give me? It's a, it's a new yeah. exploration every single time. It's like a Absolutely. trip to the moon. So why not? Uh, whereas sometimes there are genres that stay pretty, you know, the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It, it, I, I don't know too many genres that's besides horror that's really taken a chance. It can do anything. It, yeah, it can do anything. Right. And it's because right. it's because it's beautiful. there's no eyeballs on it really. That's why that's, you know, that's fair. it's like that's fair. it's like we're off to the side doing stuff, and so yeah, yeah. But we're making cool shit, so yeah, it's all that matters. No, and that's why it keeps coming back because people go, you know what, this shit is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, right, exactly. Like this is cool shit that we're making yeah. over here, and it's that's it's right. fun. It's super fun. Um, is, one question I do have for you um, before we officially conclude: um, Is there any particular films that you're looking forward to? Like that you're that's like on your bucket list or anything that's coming out soon, like I don't know, like Antlers or Candyman or something like that. Oh man, Candyman's a big one. Yeah, Candyman's a big super one looking forward to Candyman because oh man, Candyman again. You know that that movie. See, there, it's horny. See, that's true. See, that is true. Uh, so that it, it very fits true. the bill. It fits the bill, but it, it's in the <laughs> right way again. Like in that weird under the hood, like. It's exploring so much, and yeah. like, listen, that that's this is a great time to re reexamine Candyman. <laughs> so it's very true. So I'm I'm super excited. I I, I know I'm gonna love it, and oh, I hope um, I hope there's I some filled glass in there brought back because that was oh it has to be right. Like that score was just so perfect. I know, I know. It, it's, oh, part, it's part fuck. like that. The vibe of that film and the camera floating over the city in a, a godlike fashion. Like if there's so much about that film that I hope that they, they keep some of those elements to sort of uh, bring us back into that world that way. Cause it, yeah. it's haunting. Nightbreed. Absolutely. Oh man, Nightbreed uh, going back. I'm just throwing it back to, to yeah. movies that I, I grew up loving. Nightbreed's another one because of that same, same, same weird. Uh, what a great movie. I know. No, I, I feel awesome. I feel like the theme of that again is you know the outsiders aren't the bad guys, right? You no, know? right. So, I it's it's interesting that you even also say that too. Where Rob Zombie, like I was hearing him talk about his movies, and he's always said something that has stuck with me. Where he says that um, he likes the stories about the bad guys, the the the, the people who don't get to have friends pretty much. <laughs> and it was interesting when he said that, where I was just like, huh, I never thought of like house of a thousand corpses that way, or the devil's rejects that way. Um, or even, sorry about that. Everybody has a slight technical difficulty. So sorry about that weird cut that uh, out of my sentence there. We're doing this shit online. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's a work in motion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I was saying before we got rudely interrupted by the internet, um, I was just saying that Rob Zombie had something that was very interesting to what you were saying um, yeah. about the, the outsider in general. But um, it's just ultimately fascinating about how the outsider in horror 
can be rooted for, which is pretty cool and well, super interesting. And okay, well, this comes back to again the movie Manhunter. Manhunter yeah. awakens something in me where up until that point, when I first watched that film, mm-hmm. the idea of good and bad was very simple in my brain. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you're talking about with horror is that once you can empathize with the villain, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you can see humanity as people trying to survive, not right. a good guy and a bad guy who must be killed. <laughs> and that's really important for people to understand if we're going to grow as a species is that the villain, the person we think is a villain has their viewpoint and it's not up to us to go and blast them off the planet. It's up to us to try and find an educated way to understand each other so that we can live together. And that's what, you know, coming to terms with a villain and, and empathizing with a villain does is it helps you to understand that they're just a person. So that's, that's, why I think you responded to that and it's why I responded to it. And it's what makes me want to tell those stories too. I, I I honestly, I, I I couldn't say it better myself that shit, you know what? I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going (laughs) to ask you now (laughs) because that's a beautiful way to end this. I, I, if people want to find you, um, Anthony, where can people find you online? My friend? Well, on Twitter, I'm at real pilot priest because someone stole pilot priest bastards <laughs> i know and then on instagram i'm at pilot freeze awesome. um and that's about and well and if you want to go watch some of my older stuff you can go to vimeo.com slash pilot priest and then hopefully from now on you won't have to go to vimeo.com slash pilot priest you'll just go to a theater near you <laughs> I love it. <laughs> absolutely. Check out Anthony's stuff. His stuff is absolutely incredible. It, it's it's super fun seeing it from uh, a, a complete different perspective and knowing that a, a lot of subtleties are inside uh, most of his work. So definitely check all that out. Thank you once again, Anthony. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on this show. Thank you so much. This has been oh, an absolute been awesome chat chatting with you, with you friends. And, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Our efforts to get the shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to somebody who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.